Good evening, North Church. We are back in the book of Mark. Um, make you guys aware of a couple of things. Dave mentioned it, but I'm going to reiterate. Um, there's actually a new book that's over there. We've been putting books uh, out there for you guys to have and, and be resourced with in the, the last few months or so. There's a new one out there um, that is... Uh, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Uh, it's actually happens to be one of my was a seminary book that I needed to get, and it's it's a fantastic book. If you're looking for something about the spiritual disciplines, prayer, uh, Bible intake, uh, journaling, fasting, um, meditation, all those things are in there. It's a great book to to actually take a chapter a week, maybe, and uh, implement that spiritual discipline into your life. Um, feel free to. I think there's there's one left on each side. Uh, grab that as the service closes tonight. Um, and if you want to throw five bucks in your offering plate for that, that's cool. But it's one of those suggested donation deals, so don't. But if you have five bucks, take it. We want to uh, we want to resource you uh, more than anything. We want to resource you to to live this uh, live this faith out. So that's that's one of the things that's that's there. And also uh, encourage you. There's also Bibles there. If you don't have a Bible even tonight or uh, just in general, if you don't have one at home, feel free to uh, to take that one. Even if you've you've taken three or four of them already, we've got plenty. Um, so, like I said, we're back in the Book of Mark after a two-week hiatus uh, from the Book of Mark, and tonight we uh, we continue on with parables. Uh, there's there's Mark tells four parables in his Gospel, and there are three of them in Chapter Four. And we look at it, there's actually three parables in one. Sort of illustration. We'll look at illustration and uh, and two parables tonight, starting in uh, in verse 21. I'm not going to like deeply go into verse by verse tonight. More thematically talk about it. So I want to take this chance now to to read all of all of the passages that we will talk about tonight. So starting in verse one of chapter four, uh, Mark says, "He said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed, and not on a stand?'" For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears, let him hear. Again, that's something that he says just about every parable that he says. Uh, and it talks about uh, the theme of that. Is if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. That's what he's saying. In all the parables, and in here in particular as he ends this one. 24, And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear with the method you use it. Measure you use it. It will be measured to you. And still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Then the parable of the growing seed in verse 26. And he said, The kingdom of God is as a man, as if a man would, should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, and because the harvest has come. Then the parable of the mustard seed in verse 30. And he said to them, what can, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of a mustard seed, which, when it's sown on the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants, and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word, the word to them as they were able to hear it. 
He did not speak to them without parable, but privately to his own disciples. He explained everything. Um, if you notice, there's a little bread maker here, and uh, I need to well, just a second because I don't want to burn my hands. So I've got this uh, to be my little pot holder, and uh, hopefully I won't burn myself. This is freshly baked bread, and uh, this is the first time I've ever done this, so it could be, it could work or or it might not work. Who knows? We'll we'll find out in a second. And I'm going to tell a little little story, illustration. Hopefully, I've been promised this. out if then <laughs> the whole thing you just have to trust me as we walk through this illustration all right um, so uh, scene one it is the edge of Galilee Jesus is here and he's teaching his, his disciples and three habits that Jesus has here as he's teaching these disciples first he's Jesus is is continually always teaching in parables, and I said a little bit ago, the, the point of that is if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Jesus wants those who understand to, to understand even deeper. And then also Jesus investing in a few. Here in this scene, he is talking to his disciples. But uh, anybody who had, had been around Jesus is teaching. And then lastly, Jesus is teaching about the kingdom. And that's where we... we uh, we land on tonight. Jesus teaching on the kingdom. I want to I want to lay that before you a lot tonight. It uh it really is um, an elusive term, of understanding what is this thing, what is the kingdom of God. Recently, in my hand on. Uh, so I want to want to read to you something that that helped me come about that. It's uh, one of my one of my favorite speakers. I quote him a lot here. Um, Matt Chandler passes a church in Dallas and uh, talking about the kingdom of God, uh, Chandler says this, of God is not a New Testament idea but an Old Testament idea. In Genesis 1, and think here uh, with me because there's some, some depth here, but you gotta, you got to end Genesis 1, the triune God overflows out of himself onto the blank canvas of nothing and creates the universe. He creates it all. There's not a point in it where anything dark or anything shady gets in. It's perfect shalom. That word peace. It's peace. It's innocence. It's beauty. It's depth. And it's meaning. And God is with them and near them. It is the garden. God makes man. God makes woman. And puts the two together naked in the garden and says, eat and drink. Avoid this one, but eat and drink. Be fruitful and multiply. And you've got this picture of shalom where a man and a woman walk intimately with God. I want to read that again. You've got this picture of shalom where a man and a woman walk intimately with God. They walk in the purpose for which they created, for which they were created. 
And when that happens, everything in creation is consumed and used and experienced and never terminates on itself. But rather, it boils up in worship. So, food creates worship. Drink creates worship. Sex creates worship. Relationships create worship. And children create worship. This is how God created it. This is the intention of God for all of these great things to to come up and, and create worship. This is our first picture of the kingdom of God. When Scripture talks about kingdom of God, this shalom is what it's talking about. He goes on and says, Now sin enters into the world and fractures that shalom, fractures the kingdom of God. What ends up happening now is instead of pursuing God, instead of worshiping God, we worship created things so that our affections terminate on just those things and don't bubble up in worship for God and leaving everything hollow. Which means you enjoy sex, but it's not bubbling up to a worship of Creator God, it never satisfies. You can enjoy food, but you'll either consume it without gratitude and rob yourself of worship, or you'll make it your God and become a glutton. Everything gets broken, from alcohol to relationships. Everything gets broken. So the kingdom of God is fractured. That is the picture of the kingdom of God. We have this shalom where everything is perfect and where Adam and Eve are naked together and they have everything that they could ever want, everything they'll ever need to consume and it never terminates and it always bubbles up in worship to God. And they are tracing everything back to the Creator. But then the fracture comes and and we're, we wind up messed up and so we wind up worshiping or, or the end of it all is the created thing. Sex is the end or a relationship is the end or food is the end or drink is is the end. That, that becomes the point of our affection instead of using it as a, as a channel to worship Creator God. And that is the fracture. And what Christ is teaching here throughout His whole life, and in particular in chapter 4 of Mark, is that I am here to reestablish my kingdom. I am here to reestablish the, the, this shalom, reestablish this, this kingdom of God that has been fractured. That is my purpose to be here is to restore that for you. So we come to to these three ideas, these three thoughts: the lamp, the seed, and and the mustard seed. But but first we we see this this concept of it's it's all of the Old Testament. Moses and and Moses comes and and a man rises and begins to follow him. This is the guy who's going to restore this kingdom of God. Who's going to restore this. Shalom. Then Moses messes up and he kills somebody and they, he gets sent out to the desert and he comes back and, and his people out of oppression and out of this, this oppression and slavery of the Egyptians. But he messes up. People mess up. And for a time, they think, thank you God for sending us Moses to, to save us from the slavery. But then they begin to stop worshiping the Creator and stop and start worshiping the Creator. Fracture gets wider. gets more uh, aware. And then David comes, Joshua comes. And he brings his people into the promised land. And, and instead of wandering in the desert for 40 years, manna and sleeping in tents, they have homes and they have land flowing with, with plenty. And there's lots. The land is offering plenty. Just like it, it talked about in the garden where nothing ends, nothing terminates on itself. But then the people begin to chase after the created things. The kingdom begins to get fractured. And we can 
connect in our minds how our kingdom is fractured. And in our, our world, go, go back to the presidential election, and there was so much of our, our country was like, this is great. We now have Obama, and he's come, and, and he's gonna, we're going to follow him, and he's going to lead us past out of this fracture of our country, out of this fracture of our economy, out of this fracture of how the world looks at us, out of this fracture of all these things. But if we worship him, if we worship the created, if we worship our economy, if we worship the peace that we have with other nations and not trace those things back to God, we wind up falling flat. And that's the the core essence of it. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach from the kingdom of God. But here in, in this specifically in these three ideas, the lamp under the basket, the parable of the growing seed, and the parable of, of the mustard seed. First, the lamp. God will make all things that are hidden come to light. In other words, those who are chasing the created rather than chasing the creator, that will come It comes to life. and It comes to light. And there's implications all over the place for that. I want to reiterate the, the, the understanding of the book of Mark. As we've walked through, Three things that we can draw application from or, or uh, draw implications from. First, Jesus here in this passage is talking to particular people. His 12 disciples and the others that are around him. There's probably uh, 15 to 20 other people who follow Jesus all the time. When Jesus is teaching this, he's teaching it to these people. And so there are implications for those people. What is the implication of this idea that what is hidden will come to light. The implications for his disciples are this, that you have a secret to the kingdom and knowledge of what it can and the experience of what it has done. Now go and multiply. Do you, do you see that? These disciples, these, these 20 or 25 people that are patterning their life after the teaching and life of Jesus have seen what the kingdom of God, what this restoration is all about and how it brings shalom and how it So years, resurrection, and goes back for these people. Everything is coming to light eventually. Remember. We, we've talked about this many times that Nero is the emperor of, of the Roman Empire at this time. And he's putting Christians to death on a daily basis. And so to be a Christian in this age is a very dangerous thing. But to know that you can't be touched, that the evil of this world, when people worship the created, when people uh, embrace this fracture in them and they chase after the created things instead of chasing after the creator or things, I'm going to make all of that come to light. So you can't be touched. Rest. Trust that Jesus is who he says he was. And and the implications for the Roman Christians are take pride, take strength in knowing that even the grotesque
hideousness that the, this world exists in will come to light and you will wind up shining and they will wind up in the pits of hell. Then the third implication for us in 2009. We must spread the seed. We must shine the light. We, we don't do this for the sake of reputation, for the sake of this church, but for the sake of the fracture. That's, that's something that, as a pastor of a, of a small church and struggling with, with growth and how we grow and how we don't grow and, and all of these things and, and how I, I don't want us to grow and how I don't want us to grow for, for particular reasons, I, I want to underline and, and highlight and jump up and down and point us all to this fact that Jesus came to establish the kingdom of God. And he gave the keys and the understanding to what the kingdom of God is to his people. That's us. We have the knowledge that this fracture that's in us is solved by worshiping the Creator instead of the created. And satisfaction comes into our lives where we chase, this world chases after money, this world chases after sex, this world chases after uh, purpose. This world chases after all of those things as the end in themselves and furthers that fracture. And we wind up living in a culture that is wondering stuff that my heart desires leaves me wanting more, leaves me dissatisfaction. But God has given us the kingdom. The core essence of the, the purpose doing here is not just about so we can gather and feel good about ourselves and have somebody to hang out with on a Friday night, but the purpose of us gathering together is to come together and be equipped to take the message of the kingdom of God to a hurting and lost and confused generation. And I know of very specific circumstances. Facebook has been wonderful to allow me to connect with people from high school that I have never would have been able to connect with. And there's hurt and pain and disease that are happening in these lives. I've talked to a couple of you this week that God has, has brought hurt and discouragement and change and wonder around you. And, and God has given you understanding to the kingdom of God to help to, to show those individuals that we were not meant to worship this world. We were not meant to worship the created because it leaves you with pain. It leaves you with Stuff that you never intended to happen. It leaves you with hurt and pain. But God says, I have come. Christ is saying here, I have come so that you might see the kingdom of God. So that you might understand the restored uh, shalom that's here. I have come to, for, to bring restoration to this world. But we, we don't know how or, or if they're even aware of this pain. All we know is that God is calling us to speak to them. And that engaging with people leads us into the second thought that Jesus here specifically says the kingdom of God is as a seed. Verse 26, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. This is teaching of the kingdom of God, the shalom that I spent the last few minutes talking about. Verse 27, he sleeps and rises night and day and knows and the seed sprouts and grows, but he knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And here's where this thing was supposed to have happened and worked that I don't know if it seems to be kind of stuck in here. 
it's cooled off now. Maybe I can pull it. The point is, is that when at 2 o'clock this afternoon, this thing takes like about three hours to cook. And uh, at 2 o'clock this afternoon, I came in here, and basically the point of, of this bread maker, if you do it correctly, which apparently I didn't, or maybe I was supposed to grease this thing or something. It's starting to come apart. The point of it is at 2 o'clock, I came in here and just put a bunch of uh, some, some yeast and some bread flour ooh, and some salt and some sugar in here. And, uh, and then it's... Yes. We have bread. Yippee. For the bread, everybody. Um, and the point of, of all of this is is that is is what's here, and we don't. You know, I spent time talking about the the fracture and the shalom, and that we have the the keys to the shalom, and we have the understanding of what the fracture is about, and we we are engaging a culture. If if we're living out life properly, we're we're engaging in people who have hurt and who have pain, and who have issues, and and all of that stuff, they have disease and broken relationships and broken people and, and all that stuff happens, but God is calling us to, to be engaged in culture, and the point is, at 2 o'clock, I came here and put this stuff and some, some bread flour and yeast and, and water in here, and then pushed a button and walked away, and the result is that, a bread that doesn't look so pretty, but if somebody who knew what they were doing made it, it would be pretty and the illustration would be much better. But the point is, is that we are not called to do anything other than live life and engage our culture, engage the people that are around us, engage the things that God has brought into our lives. Just like at 2 o'clock I came in here and, and did my job and then did its job. The job of the Holy Spirit, the job of God, is just like that bread maker, to, to finish the product. I just put the ingredients in and it did all of the, the real work. And I want to... Bring us to, to verse 28 and, and look at a specific word. Verse 28 says, The earth produces by itself. If you, you look around, we've, we've got a little flower bed out in front of our house and, and it's bulbs and stuff that, that always pop up and we don't do anything to make it pop up. If you go to a, to a corn field out in the middle of the, uh, of the country right now, corn is beginning to, to grow and pop up. And besides watering and maybe putting a little fertilizer, the farmer didn't do anything. The grain just pops up by itself. And that word, by itself, is the Greek word, automatos, which obviously is where we get our word for automatic. And it's acting without instigation or intervention of another. In the wintertime, those tulips that are in my house and the the are going to die and they're going to won't even know that there was there's a hosta under the ground. You won't even know there's a tulip under the ground. But by itself, what happens in the springtime when the weather gets warm and the rain starts coming, those tulips and those hostas come back up. Principle here, the kingdom of God is like that. That we don't know how or why or what is going to happen, but God is here and he is reestablishing his kingdom. He is working in the lives of people that are broken, who have experienced and connected with this fracture in your life even, and the people that, that don't know Christ. Everybody has a fracture in them because we don't understand, we don't get it, 
but God is coming to restore, and He will automatically do it. Just like this bread decided to, this bread maker cooked it. I didn't do anything to make it happen. Just like those tulips and those hostas did, I didn't do anything to make it happen. It happens by itself. This is the kingdom of God. And then, thirdly, is the mustard seed. The mustard seed is coming, and it's coming on small, and when it comes, it's going to come big, and big change is coming. Uh, I want to read those verses for you again. With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Again, Jesus, okay, this is what the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of a mustard seed, which sown in the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. He's talking about the kingdom of God in us. The smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown and grows up, it becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. I want to, I want to say this. I think there's, there is there's a longing in my heart, and I don't think that I'm alone, to be a part of something that's bigger than I am. I want to, and, and I'm a grown up being a, a team sport athlete, and teams, I've, I've been a part of teams that had some good players on it, whatever, but we were always greater as, as a group and bigger than we were. And, and I think that, that these sort of thoughts and these sort of longings, I, I'm not alone, that all want to be part of something that's bigger than us. And the kingdom of God is like that. We are the mustard seed that's growing. This church is the mustard seed that's small and, and has nothing of value that's attractive. But the kingdom of God, the shalom comes and attacks and makes it grow and makes it rise and makes it be bigger than it is. Are you, are you like me that you want to be part of bigger than you? This is the plug in to a place, to plug into an opportunity to grow, to be big, to be strong, to, to, to see God change this, to see God change your heart, to see God change the core of it, to see God fix this fracture. So, the summary is one is coming to life. It's destroyed as farce and 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 there's light higher intellectual level than the rest of the planet that has to uh, rely upon religion to to have to exist mentally in this world. This courage that, that all of the the worship of the created will come to light. These guys who who are so proud and so boastful and who they know and. God will allow that to come to light. The kingdom of God is coming and coming on those people. So all will come to light. And second, 
have no to bring the kingdom to light. You have no responsibility to bring what we do is be who we are. And that is salt and light. That is a lamp in the world. That is a, a fractured person living a life in front of people and God, their fracture and understanding I have disease in my life. Why did this happen to me? I have a spouse that left me. Why did this happen to me? I have a pregnant and I have these parents that are that are an alcoholic child. Why did this happen to me? Live our lives proclaiming the kingdom of God to these people. Yes, we are broken, broken people living broken lives. But God has come to restore that fracture, perfect shalom that Chandler talked about. And when that happens, everything in creation is consumed and used and experienced and never terminates on itself, but rather boils up in worship. Food creates worship. Drink creates worship. Sex creates worship. Relationships create worship. Children create worship. This is how God created it. This is the picture of God that we get to live in front of people. So all will come to life. We have no responsibility to make it happen other than directing people to to pour the ingredients. Better than that. And the tiny little mustard seed becomes a thing. It will. The, the implications of all of this are profound. And I want to I want to read you two specific things. The implication of that for us and for Mark's original audience are so great. Oppression cannot touch you. Pain cannot touch you because the kingdom of God is coming. You may have to endure for a while. For a season, you may have to endure. But the kingdom is coming. What great... there. You may have to endure the fracture. But the kingdom is coming. Oh God, allow us to rest in that. You may have to endure for a while, but the kingdom is coming. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, But as it is written, No eye has seen nor ear heard, nor heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. To endure for a while, but the kingdom, this kingdom is coming. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor heart of man has even imagined what God has in store for those who love Him. That is the promise of the kingdom that is coming. That is the promise that overcomes the fracture that's coming. Let's pray.